you got a Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Uh, Acts chapter 4 is where we're going to be this morning. Uh, like I said, our last week in our uh, series entitled The Giving Church, also going through 21 days of prayer and fasting. I hope uh, uh, the season of prayer and fasting has been uh, encouraging and fruitful for you and your family in this time. Um, we're finishing uh, in a, a passage that may be somewhat familiar, especially the, the first part of the chapter. Uh, but what we're going to focus on is uh, really the last um, uh, few verses here in uh, chapter four. The context here uh, is that, uh, you know, the gospel is on the move. The gospel is being spread. Peter and John, right, disciples of Christ known as apostles. We see in Acts chapter four. Uh, they are boldly sharing the gospel. Uh, we're, they're seeing folks saved left and right. But the religious leaders, like I mentioned uh, uh, for the last several weeks, the religious nuts, right, uh, the, the crazies, uh, man, are ticked off. They're mad, right, that they're seeing folks uh, uh, come uh, to believe this Jesus. And so uh, a group of religious leaders known as the Sanhedrin, the, the most powerful ruling group within uh, Jewish strata, they bring Peter and John, right, and essentially have a trial. And Peter steps up and says, hey, look, I don't know what to tell you. There is only one name or there's no or rather no name under heaven by which, which man can be saved other than the name of Jesus. Uh, uh, chapter four, verse 12, uh, he shares there. They get mad. Right. They continue to try him and then they couldn't find any other fault with him. So they uh, let them go right back to their uh, homes. And then that's where we find ourselves in verse 23 uh, of Acts chapter four. And so if you're there, uh, let me know that you're there by saying there. Uh, in the, the passage, I forgot to mention, right, uh, the um, men, the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, they charge Peter and John not to speak. And they have that famous statement. And Peter says, hey, we can't help but share. I know you may be our authority, but we're under a higher authority and we can't help but to share uh, this news. May we have a heart that uh, is like that. But then we see what happens whenever they return home. We're going to read through verse thirty five. It's what the word of the Lord says. Says this when they were released, talking about Peter and John, they went to their friends, their believe, the believers there and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said uh, to them. May it be said of us right in this church house, man, that we'd be uh, more than just uh, a sea of faces in a room. Right. But uh, we'd be uh, known as friends, family uh, in this place. Uh, verse 24, when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined uh, to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed 
the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and Great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. And then verse 36 and 37 speaks of a man specifically who gave right to the cause of the ministry of the church, a man named Joseph. Why don't we pray one more time together and then we'll dive into uh, the message. Lord God, we love you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you would uh, speak to us, God, that you would have your way in this place. Um, God, meet us here. Teach us about the importance of prayer and seeking your face. Teach us the importance, Lord, about uh, being willing to be folks that walk in the spirit, Lord, sensitive to your leading and guiding in our life, Lord. We pray that you'd have your way. Lord, we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Uh, Sister Camilla, this past week I was in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, for a class, talked about it last week. And um, my first leg back to Clarksville was New Orleans to DFW Airport. I've flown uh, in and out of DFW a lot. And uh, being a fellow Texan, you understand, right, what it means to be in Texas and have a layover there, right? Texas forever. But uh, uh, anyways, was flying out of DFW, and um, we are I'm getting on the plane. We're up, cruise control, and uh, the stewardess has come by, Sister Allison, you know, they ask, hey, you know, you want anything to drink? I said, man, let me get me a cup of coffee. I had a game on, right? I was sitting down. I was lounging, you know, cruise control. And sure enough, right, as soon as I get that cup of coffee and get ready to take a sip, all of a sudden, we hit a little bit of turbulence. A little bit, I put in air quotes, because, man, it was a lot for me. I hadn't experienced something like that in a while, man. The plane was shaking. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting ready to drink that cup of coffee and I hold it to the side. And by, you know, a miracle, man, the coffee didn't spill on anybody or on myself. None of that. But I remember, right, looking around and for the next 20 to 30 minutes, I mean, we were flying through some turbulent, you know, uh, air. Plane was shaking. And all of a sudden, the folks that were asleep, all of a sudden, they, hey, they were up wondering what was going on. Folks that were just cruising, all of a sudden, hey, they were alert. You know, Sister Arlene and, and were, uh, uh, you know, wondering what was happening. I know for me, all of a sudden I was alert. I, I wasn't just leaning back in my chair, right? I had my chair sat up and I had my cup of coffee in my hand, making sure it wouldn't spill anywhere. Right. I was zoned in and focused. And it got me thinking, Brother Dwayne, man, when it comes to our Christian life, every now and again, church, hey, we need a little shaking. Well, hey, we need a little shaking. It's so easy, hey, to, to walk through uh, uh, the Christian life. Man, not doing anything bad, but really uh, in cruise control, if you will. God's at work. Our family's taken care of. Life is good, if you will. 
And we can find ourselves, man, just simply cruising. And if we, and when we look back, we see, man, we, we hadn't sensed the presence of God in a while. We've been doing church, but man, it's been a while since we've sensed God's presence. And, and it's in those moments that, hey, we need a little shaking. Even, hey, listen, even though you may know a lot about the Bible and theology, as a child of God, you need a little shaking in your life. Even though you've been saved for a long time, right, and you've done a lot of great things for God, bless God, hey, you still need a little shaking in your life. Uh, and here in Acts chapter 4, we see, right, what takes place. The Word of God says that these folks prayed, and the place where they were at was shaken. And, the you know, representing the presence of God in that place. Folks were filled with the Spirit, right, walking in the Spirit. Basically a renewed sense, right, uh, uh, of the Spirit, right, a renewed feeling of the Spirit. And, man, hey, they were back fired up living for the Lord again. These were a group of people, man, that were seeing the, the power of God at work, man, new believers. But even they found themselves in a place, man, where they need to be renewed, man. They need to be shaken. And in the same way, church, we need to, every once in a while, we need a good old shaking. Entitled the message this morning this, when God, uh, this morning uh, this, when God shook the place. When God shook the place. The question begs of us, right, uh, this. Man, I, how do we get to a place, man, where God shakes us? How do we get to a place, man, hey, when God, right, uh, uh, moves in our life? When does that happen? When does that happen? I believe Acts chapter 4, man, it lays it out for us clearly, this passage that we just read. The first truth, reality that we see here in Scripture, hey, God will shake the place, right? Shake your place when you choose to make prayer a priority in your life. Hey, you, you, you want to experience God in a fresh new way? You want for him to, hey, to shake the place, right? To uh, uh, shake out the tradition and shake out the religion and shake out the mundane? You've got to choose to make prayer a priority. We see it right here in the text. Peter and John, again, man, they were thrown in jail. They were on trial. They'd been heard about all throughout Jerusalem in the greater area. All of a sudden, they're released and they end up going back to uh, the believers there, their friends, if you will. And it says in the scripture here, right, let me go back to make sure you know I'm not making it up. They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and scribes and, and elders had told them. And when they heard it, it says in verse 24, they lifted their voices together to God. Hey, their first response to what was happening was to Pray. If anybody had an excuse, right, to complain and whine about, man, the, the Jewish high, you know, uh, patriarchy, if you will, at the time, it was them. They didn't do that. They chose to pray. If anybody, right, had, you know, an opportunity to, to, to get anxious and fearful, man, and, 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 and just sit in that, it was them, but they chose to pray. Prayer for them was the first priority, not the last result. Uh, hey, here it is. Prayer, right, was not just an add-on to a meal. It was the entree uh, for the people of God in uh, that first century church, man. Prayer was a priority uh, for them. And in the same way, it's got to be for us. Hey, listen, church. Hey, we've got to understand that God moves when we pray. We don't manufacture the hand of God, man. He, when we seek his face and cry out to him, he moves. When we pray, you're not going to grow spiritually, man, if you're not spending time man, seeking his face in prayer and making it a priority in your life. 
And that's what the people of God here in Acts did. Man, prayer was a priority. Prayer was a priority. Before we get into how we see that they prayed, I just want to make this comment first and foremost. We see here, right, really outlined how they pray, the specifics here. But I just want to go ahead and make a comment, right, that prayer, uh, our time in prayer with the Lord is not um, formulaic, if you will. It's not something that we do out of rote or routine. Right. Uh, here it is. Our, our prayer is not like uh, you remember the, you know, antennas that we had back in the day, folks that didn't have cable growing up. I uh, remember the antennas that we had back in the day, them janky ones. I remember we bought, you know, the, the Walmart. I think it was the on brand O.N.M. Uh, right. One of those janky antennas. Hey, our prayer life is not like one of those antennas. You got to stand in the right place. Right. To configure it just right. Uh, p- position yourself just right for it to work. No, no, that, that's that's not how our prayer life is. But there are some principles that we can learn through the prayers in Scripture that are important for us to follow. And, uh, and this prayer is a great example of that. Notice, right, uh, what their prayer looked like. Notice how they started out their prayer. Uh, man, they praised God. They started out their prayer praising God. Man, it says here, look what they said. Hey, sovereign Lord, right, a term of endearment. Hey, the God who is uh, in charge, in control of it all, sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Right. Hey, the new believers, they understood, right, what Jesus said in, in the book of Matthew when he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount. Hey, starting out to prayer. Hey, God, our father, hallowed be your name. Right. These folks chose to praise first. They started out their communion with God with adoration. And in the same way, church, hey, that's how we ought to start our prayer life as well. Start out our prayer life as well. When we choose to begin our prayers with praise, we are less likely, right, to fall victim, as many do, right, to be in folks that are only known for seeking God's hand. And we learn, right, the value and importance of, hey, when we seek God, we're seeking his face. When we start out with praise, man, and declaring, hey, you're God. You're, hey, you're, you're in control. Hey, you're the only one who's worthy of my praise and worship. All of a sudden, we move from being folks, right, that can find ourselves entitled. Hey, we're asking God, we're praying specifically for a thing. If he doesn't answer it our certain way, then we get mad and stomp out like a petulant child. We, hey, we move from being one that finds ourselves entitled to one, man, that understands, right, that God indeed is sovereign, man, and his plans are great. His ways are higher than our ways. And we understand the value of seeking his face, man. They praised uh, God for who he was. They praised him, man, for his faithfulness and uh, will. Matthew 6, 9 says it like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I just mentioned that. Um, and they praised God. We, ought to, start out, we ought, ought to start out our prayers in praise. Secondly, look what, notice what they did. Hey, they proclaimed the scriptures. They prayed the scriptures there. They uh, spoke here, right, in, in their prayer. They, they uh, you know, uh, shared right about uh, uh, the uh, word of God from David in Psalm chapter 2 here, right, speaking in context to uh, God's sovereignty and understand, hey, it's God that's in charge and control. He ordained this. He talked about this in Psalm chapter 2, right, about how the religious leaders were going to come up against uh, folks that were about the movement of God. But the more important principle is that, man, they learned how to pray Scripture. Hey, the, the, the best way to pray, man, is to pray the Word of God. 
Lord, hey, life's a struggle. Lord, hey, I need your help. Man, there's many folks that are standing against you. But, hey, I know that you are a shield for me. And Psalm 3 says the glory and the lifter of my head. Lord, hey, I've got a lot going on. And so, Lord, I cast my anxieties, I cast my cares on you. Psalm 55 says, Lord, I seek your face. And, man, I know, man, that you hear me because you care for the broken heart. And you're able to save those crushed in spirit. Man, they proclaimed uh, the scripture, man, in their prayer. And in the same way, hey, we ought to pray scripture. Ought to pray scripture. Then thirdly, what we see in their prayer is this. Hey, they petitioned for God to move. Petitioned for God to move. That's what it says here going back to verse 31. Look. Or verse 29 says, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Man, hey, at the end of the day, lastly, they petitioned for God to move. Hey, they saw and asked for God to do what only he could do. Be careful not to fall victim into thinking that your prayer, right, uh, and asking God uh, to do a work. Right. Is bothering him asking God right to step in and, and, and handle what's going on in your life is a bother to him. Uh, the people of God understood that, man, hey, he's the he, he's the one man that that hears us. Hey, that that is a good father that wants to uh, provide and protect us, to heal us, to guide us. And so the call for us is to run and petition to him. And I think this. Passage like this, Brother Chris, is super encouraging to me because, man, when you read the scripture and you read folks that are in uh, the text, also we know folks, you know, characters made mistakes and things. But but when we see folks like this New Testament church, man, folks are getting saved by the droves. They're rolling. It's so easy to think that they're uh, super Christians sometimes that, hey, that they, they figured it out. These folks were just like us, just like us. And, and they understood the value, man, of right crying out to him. In prayer, understanding that the Lord delights, man, in hearing their voice, man, and crying out to him. He desires for us to pray in accordance to his will for security, peace, blessing and provision. And he's a good father that who supplies and supports his children. Right? They prayed, right, for God to do a work and understand, hey, you notice, too, what they prayed, right? If I were them in this situation and I heard, man, that, the, hey, the Sanhedrin, they were threatening to kill us, I would have said, hey, why don't you raise somebody up from another region to go and bet, hey, to, to preach it. Lord, just protect me. Hey, I, I'm going to look out for me and mine. But they understood God's will for their life, right, was to share the gospel. And so even though their prayers of petition, right, was asking for God to meet a need, if you will, Right. It wasn't self-serving. Wasn't self-serving. Right. Hey, they called on the Lord to give them more boldness and strength to share in the same way, man. Hey, we ought to do the same thing here. Hey, the God that we serve and worship. Right. And I'll move on to the next point, man. He's the one who is sovereign over all. That's why we seek him out in prayer. He's sovereign over all. He's in control. But, hey, be careful not to mix the fact that he's sovereign with him being some kind of slot machine that just gives you whatever you want whenever you put a coin in there. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's not here to grant you every wish and whim. He's not. 
when we seek Him out in prayer and ask for Him to do a work in our life. And we ask in accordance to His will. Man, and trust that and He'll provide. And we see Him do that here. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. That's what the Lord Jesus said. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be open. Man, hey, if we want to see God shake the place, listen, we've got to make prayer a priority. So then secondly and lastly, hey, if we want to see God shake the place, listen, we got to be folks that are open to the Spirit's activity. Hey, if we want to see God shake the place, shake our lives up, we've got to be open to the Spirit's work in our life. Got to be. It says it here in the text, man, hey, the, the building shook, the presence of God was there, and the folks were, hey, they were filled with the Spirit, and they continued to walk in boldness. They were open, man, to the Spirit's work in their life. Here it is. They didn't quench, man, when, when the Spirit was working. They didn't quench the Spirit when He was moving and working there. But hey, they gladly, man, decided to operate right under the leadership of the Spirit of God and let the Lord use them, right, to continue the outward call, right, to live life on mission. I love what one commentary says here. A lot of folks think, right, that this feeling of the Spirit speaks to this uh, a second Pentecost. Uh, I don't believe it, right? Folks already possessed uh, all of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but this is what the commentary says. The Spirit had, that had helped Peter and John in a mighty way before the Sanhedrin, right? In the same way, uh, the, the folks that were there in Acts chapter 4, uh, the, the uh, Spirit coming, right, it was a fresh feeling, a renewed awareness of the, of the Spirit's power and presence, in their life and witness. Right? This wasn't just some uh, uh, static manifestation, but a fresh endowment of power for witness that will continue. Our spirits work in our life. I think when we talk about the Holy Spirit, right, um, you know, we have kind of a mixed understanding of who he is. Holy Spirit of God, right, third person of the Trinity. Uh, fully God. He is fully God, right? Not just some impersonal force, right? I think a lot of folks, whenever they think of the Holy Spirit, right, they think of uh, Star Wars, right? The force there. Now, listen, I don't know too much about Star Wars at all, besides the fact that my boy Mace Windu is my favorite uh, character there uh, in the movie. Some of y'all will get that later uh, for the reason. For the reason. Uh, but uh, I don't know much about Star Wars, but I know that the Holy Spirit of God is not like uh, uh, the force, some impersonal force that's in a faraway land. Right, man, the Holy Spirit of God dwells in the life of the believer, and He works, He moves, He is God. He is, and the call for us, right, if we want for the Lord to continue, man, to shake us up, man, is to be open for Him, man, to move and work in our life. That's the problem with some of us, man. Hey, we're, we're cool with church, we're cool with doing a little worship. Hey, we're, hey, we're, we're cool with doing a couple of good things for God, like disaster relief and things. But, man, when it comes to, man, taking that next step, Spirit of God, man, working and moving our life, leading and guiding us. Oh, that's too much for us. Too much. I don't know about that. That's getting me out of my comfort zone. But if we want the Lord, man, to shake us up, we, we've got to be open to his spirit. And that's what the people of God, man, the New Testament church, that's what they were uh, about. Look how they were open. Right to the Spirit's uh, leading, right? They're filled with the Spirit, and it says here, right, that they lived life on mission. 
live life on mission. They, they continue to walk in boldness. Spirit of God worked in their life right and, and, and motivated them to continue to live, man, as witnesses in the midst of the persecution that was to come. And in the same way, right, allowing the Spirit to work and move in our life, man, uh, moves us, ought to move us to be folks that, uh, hey, step outside our comfort zone, uh, remove the excuse that we're introverts, man, and live life on mission for Him. Even though it may feel weird, hey, as God leads you to that person that needs the gospel, man, stepping in and beginning a conversation with them. Stepping in and beginning a relationship with them. Hey, even though it may be uh, out of your tradition, you didn't grow up this way, hey, you, man, being led of God, right, to live life on mission in your home and, and, and share the gospel with your kids and lead them in the way of the Lord. It says here that the New Testament church, uh, right, they continue to speak the word of God with boldness. Boldness. Like I mentioned last week, Romans 1.16, hey, they were unashamed of the gospel. Even if for some it was going to mean death for them. Even if for some, right, even though they, they might have not faced death, they were going to face rejection. They were, hey, folks were going to disown them. Their own family members, right, that still, uh, you know, uh, 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 here to uh, old tradition and religion, man, we're going to cast them aside. They, man, chose to live life on mission anyway. And because they saw Jesus as worthy of it. They lived life on uh, mission. But also here we see that, man, they were open to the Spirit's leadership in their life because, man, they chose to love one another at the end of the day. The last little passage there, right, really in context is a summary of uh, uh, the first century church up to this point, very reminiscent of Acts chapter 2, uh, after folks, you know, got saved, is uh, several uh, months, man, had gone by, right, and this event happened, and, and really Luke here, the writer of Acts, gives a summary of uh, the church and what happened. And it shares here, man, the specifics. Look back at the text. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. Man, and with great power, the apostles were given their testimony of the resurrection. Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. Hey, there wasn't a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Hey, this passage, how you can sum it up is, hey, they, they were able to, man, by the power of the Holy Spirit to love one another. No one had any need, man. Hey, the, the, the radical generosity, those that were in the house, they probably didn't have meal trains back then. Y'all know about meal trains. You know, we got a lot of, you know, young moms here. They probably didn't have meal trains back then. But if they had a semblance of that, man, hey, the, the, it'd be full up with signatures, man. Folks, hey, would be taking food to homes, man, taking care of it. Tornado, man, you know, or any kind of disaster came, man, hey, they looked out for one another. Even if it was a sacrificial display that they had to give, man, they looked out for each other. Hey, they were all of one mind and heart, even though, man, they were from different places. Remember, it talks about that early part of Acts chapter 2. It wasn't just some homo, you know, homogeneous group. It wasn't just one group that was there. It was folks from all over coming to faith. Man, they were able to walk in harmony with each other, 
be of one mind. And it's through the power of the Spirit, man, they were able to love one another. Man, may that be said of us. And we allow for the Spirit to work in our life, man. We're enabled to, to do this. We're enabled to love each other. We're enabled to live out what we see here in the Scripture. And it be more than just some pipe dream our context, man. We're able to look unlike the world, but look and live the way that God called us to live, man. The place that people were in that place, man, they were shaken. It was shaken. They were shaken. And church, hey, we need a good shaking. We need a good shaking. Hey, we need, man, the manifest presence of God to, man, to move in our life and to take us to a new place in our walk with him. And it starts with making prayer a priority in our life. It also includes, man, allowing for the spirit of God to work and move in your life as well. I'll end with this. A couple weeks ago, like I've said before, I love, love playing basketball. A couple weeks ago, uh, I was playing ball at a local spot uh, in town, and um, there was a guy that was there that was pretty good. I said, Brother Monty, you know, he's pretty good, but, man, I'll take the challenge. I need a little exercise. Man, I'll take the challenge and play against him. Bad idea. I'll go ahead and say that. He made a move on me. And I was trying to recover, but my shoes all of a sudden, it felt like I was on a slip and slide. Praise the Lord, I didn't end up falling on my face, but he got me good, man. He shook me so bad, hit the shot too, and then looked at me after, man. Like, ooh, disrespectful. It was rough. Took me a couple of days, you know, to recover from that. And, uh, you know, ended up getting him back, though, I will say that. Ended up getting him back, but. But I remember, right, as soon as that happened, I was kind of rolling, kind of in, you know, cruise control, if you will. And then that happened. And all of a sudden, I was, my awareness was heightened. All of a sudden, there was a humility that came upon me. Oh, man, I'm not as big as bad and bad as I thought I was. That's what a moment like that does. In the same way, hey, listen. And when the Lord shakes the place, man, things change. And so my encouragement for you, church, man, is to allow for him and shake up your life. Shake up the place that you're in. We need it. Doesn't matter if you leave worship. Doesn't matter, man, if you're up here preaching. Hey, doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for a long time. Hey, we need a good shake. And so allow for him and to shake up your place.